Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. But we're getting ready to go dive back into our sermon series of breakthrough. So today, as you just saw, we looked, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, in some ways, could be like, wow, this chapter is mind-blowing. Like, uh, for me, like, Paul is like that guy who is like the ultimate Christian, if you could say. Like, if there's anybody, if I could be a Christian like anybody, it'd be like Paul. And in this chapter, Paul, like, shatters everything. He says, I'm human too, and I'm just like you, and it's encouraging to me be, to see, wow, this guy that I, I read about, he wrote so much of the New Testament, and I, I look up to at a high standard, and he's coming back at us and saying, I'm human too. I struggle with things just as you struggle with things, and today we're going to be learning about that. The, the Great Power Struggle is the title of today's message, uh, The Great Power Struggle. So if you have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 7. We'll be reading at the first part of this, verse 14 through 15. It says this, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. See, and right before we got to Romans 7, we, we saw how the law is exempt now because of what Jesus has done for us. But the law doesn't, isn't obsolete anymore. The law is just to show us where we mess up, where we fall short, and why we needed Jesus to come in the first place. It's just to show us that we needed a Savior. The trouble is with me, for I'm all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. For, for me, I, I, I picture Paul, like, when he's writing this, like, he, he's getting all serious with, like, the people in Rome. He's, he's like... He's like, guys, it's confession time. I, I, I need to get some things off my chest. I'm human too. Like you see me, you see the great Christian I am. The, like I grew up Jewish. I, like I was the Jew of Jews, he said in, like, in Galatians. He said, I am, like if there was ever a Jew, that was me. I, was eight, I kept the law. I, did, I, dotted, I crossed the T's, dotted the I's. I did everything I needed to do to be the best Jew I could be. But he comes down to this and he says, but I want to do what the law says. I want to do what's good, but I'm, I'm human. I have a struggle. I have uh, something that I fight with each and every day that I need to overcome. And that's the sin in my life. It's a flesh, uh, my fleshly desires that I need to overcome. And I hate it. And so many of us, I think we can relate with Paul in this moment. That we've been there, we, we have these things in our life, we're like, I try to do what's right, I do it every day, and I try, and I try, and I try, but I keep falling short. I don't know what, what do I need to do to, to accomplish this? And today, I, I just want to take a few moments to get there. We're going to see how we can do that, but first we're going to look at five things, five feelings that Paul shares with us in these verses. The first is, I have a problem. I have a problem. In verse 14, it says, so the trouble is not with the law, for it's spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human and a slave to sin. See, the word I is used 26 times in 12 verses of this chapter. The word me, my, and myself are used over 12 times. Do you see the problem that I see? Paul is consumed with himself. 
says, I can't do this. I, I want to do what's right, but I, I can't. See, so many times when we mess up or when we struggle with things, we begin to place our identity in that thing that we struggle with. And today, I think we need to stop putting our identity in that problem. Oh, I'm just an alcoholic. It's just my grandpa was a great alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic, so I'm just an alcoholic as well. But we need to stop identifying ourselves with something that's in our past. See, we'll be learning here in a moment that when we're in Christ and when we accept Jesus in our life, we are made new. We need to stop identifying ourselves with the problem and begin to identify ourselves with what Jesus has declared over us. That we are free, that we are who he says I am, and that he is working on our behalf. The second thing is, he says, I am confused. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it instead. Instead, I do what I hate. See, Paul asks two complex questions here. How can I stop doing bad? I think we've all asked that question before. How do I stop doing this thing that's in front of me? How do I stop? And the next is, how do I start doing good? How do I start doing the right thing? How do I start to begin to live out the life that God has asked me to live, to, to be righteous in his eyes, the way that he asks us to live in his righteousness? See, I think we've all made the statement, I just can't seem to do what's right. If so, you are in the same boat as Paul. Paul said it. We're there. See, the enemy likes to isolate us and say, you're the only one who feels this way. You're the only person who keeps going back to that struggle. You're the only person who keeps falling into into those temptations. And Paul's saying that I'm in the same boat as you. And quite frankly, if I'm honest, I'm in the same boat as you as well. There's times when I want to do what's right, but frankly, I struggle with the flesh as well. You're not alone. Don't let the enemy tell you you're alone. That's where he wants you to be. The third thing is, I am frustrated. Verse 17 says this, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. Paul says, I have the greatest intentions to do what's right, but I just keep failing over and over again. I want to do what's right, but I, I, I just keep failing. I, I don't know why. It's the great power struggle of life. We want to do what's right. We want to do what God's asked us to do, but we, we keep messing up. We keep falling. We keep failing, and we get frustrated. And I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing to be frustrated with ourselves at times, but we need to take that frustration and channel it into what we need to do. We need to channel it into being mad at ourselves, being upset with ourselves, and beating ourselves up because I, I keep messing up and being frustrated at ourselves. We need to turn that to God and say, God, I, I'm broken. I keep messing up. I keep trying to do what's right, but I, I keep failing. God, help me. Help me to do what's right. The fourth thing is I am in a battle, and I am losing. I am in a battle, and I am losing. Verse 21 says this, I have discovered the principle of life, that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I feel like Paul's at the point where he's saying, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying, and I, I want to give up. Like, I don't know what I need to do. I, I, there's nothing I can do. I keep trying to do it on my own power, but I'm getting tired of trying to do it all by myself. I want to give this up. I want to, I want to try to do what's right, but I, I don't know what I need to do. Even though I try and I try and I try, I can't seem to get it right. I can't make progress in the right direction. 
The fifth thing Paul feels is, I feel trapped. I feel trapped. Verse 24 says this, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Who's going to free me from this life that's dominated by sin and death? That's such a powerful statement here. He feels helpless. He feels hopeless. But he's going to give us some good news here in a second. He's going to give us what's going to help set us free. What's going to help us have a life that's not dominated by sin and death, but ultimately what life is found in freedom. See, something has to give. I'm stuck in this pit and I can't seem to get out. Who's going to step in and help me? See, the word miserable person or some translations say wretched person, and the Greek literally means worn out from exhaustion. Maybe that's where you are today. You're worn out, worn out, you're tired, you're tired of fighting the battle. You're not alone. You're not alone there. Let me remind you of some good news this morning. The Bible clearly tells us that the battle is not ours. It's not our battle to fight. See, we, we try to think, oh, if I could only work so hard, if I can fight, if I can get the strength to overcome this, I can do it. But ultimately, when we try to do that, we're going to fail. We've got to remember that the Bible says the battle is not ours, but the battle belongs to God. The victory is ours. See, the victory's already been won. We're fighting a battle that's wasted. We're wasting our time fighting a battle that's already won. Jesus already went before us. He's already paid the price. He's already done everything that we need to do to win the battle. We just got to lean on him today. In Romans 7, Paul explains that as a Christian, you have two natures within you. You have the nature of our sinful desires, of our flesh, what we want to do, what, what Paul talks about, the, the bad that he doesn't want to do. That's our flesh. And then there's a new nature that we learn about in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And that's our new nature in Christ when we accept Jesus in our life. It says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Now, that's good news today. Like, when, when we accept Jesus in our life, it is no longer us who lives. It's no longer God sees the old us, the old Luke, the old Luke who is addicted to pornography, the old Luke who, who cussed, who, who lied, who did all these things. He doesn't see that Luke anymore, but he sees the new life that Jesus has given me. He sees Jesus. He sees, doesn't see me anymore. He sees Jesus. He sees what Jesus did for me. He see the price that Jesus paid for me. And you can put yourself in that place. He, say he, doesn't, he doesn't see your old self. He sees Jesus. See, you're wrapped in Christ's righteousness. You're not, it's not what you can do. It's not what you can do to make yourself better. See, so many times as, if you've never been in church before, you think, oh, I just need to clean myself up before I get into church. Before I accept Jesus into my life, I need to clean myself up. I just want to tell you right now that that's wrong. You don't have to clean yourself up before God. You don't need to say, I need to, I need to get this out of my life before I come to God. God says, I want you to come just as you are. I'm in the business of making new things. I'm in the business of cleaning up messes. I'm in the business of doing that. I'm not scared of your mess. I'm not scared of what you've gone through. I'm here to clean you up. Just come to me. I will make you a new creation. I will make you a new person. I will renew your mind. I will take those old things that happened to you and make them brand new. I'll make something beautiful out of your mess. If you're a Christian, if you've already accepted Jesus in your life, 
God is already doing that. He's already doing the work in your life. He's already working on your behalf. And he's not done with you. He's still working on you. See, in, in, uh, in the theolo- there's a theology word that's sanctification. Sanctification, is, it can be a big word. If you don't know what it means, it means it is that there is an act of separation from which is evil or contrary to the things of God. See, it, it, it takes what's happened over here, and when we accept Jesus, he, he removes us from that, and he puts us here. But sanctification isn't just a one-time thing. It, it, I, I believe it's almost a daily thing over and over and over again that we need to be sanctified. We need to take a step away from our old self and say, I am made new in Christ. Jesus has cleansed me of my unrighteousness. He is doing a work on my behalf. We need to get away from our old self. We need to get away from those old identities that we've placed over ourselves, that we've claimed to, that we've hold so tightly to. We need to get away from them. We need to step back into Understanding that sanctification happens daily. In Galatians 5, 16 through 17, Paul gives us how we can walk in tune, how we can overcome this power struggle in our life, how we can take a step from living in our old self, living in this old sinful des- desires and of our flesh, and how we can step into the life that Jesus has offered to us, the freedom that he has offered to us, and it says this in Galatians 5, 16 through 17. It says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. So ultimately, the choice is yours today to how you are going to live your life. We get to choose which side of the power struggle we live on. So we can choose to follow the Holy Spirit, or we can choose to follow our flesh. The choice is yours. You can wake up each and every day and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time in God's presence. I'm going to allow Him to work on my heart. I'm going to allow Him to renew my mind. So the Bible says we need to have our mind transformed brand new each and every day. Or we can say, you know what, I'm going to try doing this thing on my own, and I'm going to try doing the things that I want to do, and hopefully it works out. And we begin to try to go down this path to try to do it on our own, and we, we come to find out that this great power struggle, this power over here, is stronger than we are. We can't do it on our own. We need, we need Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit to empower us, to give us the, the tools, the things that we need to overcome the, our flesh. So grab a hold of this today. God wants to take your discontent and change it to joy. He wants to take your insecurities and change it to peace. He wants to change your bitterness to goodness. He wants to take your lust and change it to genuine love. He wants to take your mean streak and transform it to goodness. He wants to take your edgy personality and transform it to patience. And God, God is in the changing business today. See, we sang the song, Graze in the Garden, this morning. Pastor Chris asked both both campuses to lead that song for us this morning because it shows the power what God can do in our life. That he can take brokenness and make it brand new. That he can take graves and turn it into gardens. That he can take whatever you're going through and make it new. That he can take whatever your struggle is and give you freedom to it for it. He is in the business of changing your life. God wants to do that in your life. 
He wants to take your anger and our, our, your anger and your rage and change it to gentleness. He wants to take that which is out of control and transform it into self-control. God is in the life-giving business this morning. God wants to bring transformation to your life. But cho- the choice is ultimately yours. You can choose if you want to allow God into your life to transform you. Or you can choose to say, you know what, I, I'm going to try to do this battle on my own. Or say, I, this God thing, I don't think it's for me. Uh, but I'm fine. I love my life. I love enjoying what's happening for the moment. But I just want to tell you that these things that is of the world, your fleshly desires, they're only temporary. The, 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 the fun you have is only for a moment. Soon guilt will come in. Shame will guilt creep in. And you'll begin to regret what you're doing. See, when we walk in Christ, when we begin to allow him to transform us, we realize that, he, that he's forever. That there's nothing that's ever going to fill the void that we're looking for except him. There's nothing that's going to help us to be a better person except him. There's nothing that's ever going to help us to live out the life that he wants for us except him. Romans 7.24 says this, Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Is that your question today? Who's going to deliver me from this life? Who's going to help me through this life? Who's going to get me out of this dreaded cycle of defeat? Maybe for you it has been months. Maybe it's been years. Maybe it's been decades. You've been in a power struggle trying to overcome your fleshly desires. You're saying, I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't know what else I'm going to do to overcome this. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of here. But today, I, I have the hope for you. I, I give you the opportunity. And this is what Paul says in verse 25. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and then again in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, it says, But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, our freedom is found in Christ. And if our freedom is found in Christ, we, we, just, we just surrender our lives to him and we are done. No, we, it isn't just a one-time thing where we give our, surrender our life to him, but it's something we do daily. It's something we need to do often. It's, it, remember I stated earlier that we, we are instantly made right in the sight of God by the price Jesus paid, but it's our responsibility to dedicate our lives to living like Christ and longing to be more and more like him. Not out of obligation, but out of love for him. See, I've been there before. I've been there where I had to serve God. I felt like I had to serve God. I was trying to serve God out of obligation instead of out of love. And it was the hardest thing because I I looked at it rules-based. I said, I got to overcome this on my own. I got to make sure I get myself cleaned up. I need to do all these things before God's going to accept me. Before he's going to give me the grace that, I, that, I'm, that he's already paid for me. But I, I had it wrong. I, I messed up. I had it twisted in my mind. I, I was like, I have to do it workspace. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to, I have to read my Bible this amount of time a day. I need to pray this long. I need to, pay, I need to give in the offering because this is what, what the Bible tells me to do. I was, this is what I was supposed to do. This is what everyone told me I was supposed to do. But I wasn't living for God out of, out of love. See, when, when I switched from living 
for God out of obligation just because that's what my family done their whole life, just because that's what my parents taught me to do, and I begin to live for Jesus out of love, I begin to fall more and more in love with him. It began, it began that where the sinful things in my life, I didn't want anymore because I, I love Jesus more than I love those. I realized that those things left me empty inside, but when I spent time with Jesus, I found that I had everything I needed, that I felt fulfilled, that I had, I had a life that was life left, left, wow, left, I don't know what I was trying to say there, I'll just, I'll just forget it, I'll just let it go. As God said, you don't need to say that, just let it go. So that's what we need to do with our past, we need to let it go. We need to let God be God and let him give us the grace and mercy that he's already paid for us. See, we get so caught up in trying to get ourselves clean, trying to do it on our own, that we come to a point where we're frustrated, that we're tired and exhausted. And God says, I've already paid the price. I've already done everything for you. I already have given you the freedom that you're searching for. And today, he wants to give you that freedom today. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus in your life. You hear this, that you can find freedom from addiction, that God can intervene on your marriage, that God can restore relationships in your family. You're saying, wow, that sounds amazing, but what what do I got to do to get there? All you got to do is surrender your life to him. He wants to move, come in, and make something brand new. He's in the business of changing your life, and he wants to change your life for the better. In Galatians 5, 1, it says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. See, we need to accept this freedom that God has given us. We need to stop trying to work on ourselves. We need to stop trying to do the things on our own. And just accept that Jesus has already paid the price. That all we have to do is ask him to forgive us. And when we do that, we are made brand new. We need to give up our old self, our old identities, and live in the identity that Christ has given us. See, we cooperate in this process in four ways. The first is we surrender to God. James 4, 7 says this, Submit yourself, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. See, th- this one can be the hardest thing to do, is to surrender our lives to God. We need to let God be God in our life and give Him control. I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a control freak at times. I, I hate to admit it, but, but I am. Like, I like to make sure I know everything's going to go according to plan. And it's the hardest thing to give up control. But this is what Jesus is asking us to do. If we give up our control, give up our plans, our goals for life, and submit and surrender to Jesus, that he's going gonna, gonna to do everything and do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine in our life. We need to submit to him, surrender our lives to him. We need to quit trying to run our lives on our own. The second thing is we stop giving Satan control. James 4, 7b says this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, the devil doesn't want you to know real love. He wants you to be impatient and angry. He wants you to be selfish. He wants you to do all the things that you're not supposed to do. He wants you to live in those areas of your past self because when you live in those he can trap you, he can keep control over you. But today, I think as Christians, we get so caught up 
in this that we've missed, that we can have, that we can declare Satan to be gone in our life. That we can tell Satan to flee from us. That he doesn't have power over us. We think Satan, we think Satan's stronger than us, which he is, but we have Jesus living inside us, so therefore that Satan doesn't have any power over us anymore. We can tell him to be gone in, in an instant, and he'll be gone. I'm reminded of when Jesus goes out and fasts for 40 days before he starts his ministry. And in that time, Jesus is praying and, and fasting, and Satan comes to tempt him. And he tries to tell Satan, hey, you can do these things, you can, and I'll give you the world, I'll give you power, I'll give you all these things. And Jesus has said, begins to quote scripture. and says, no, this isn't the will of the Father. Be gone. You don't have any power over me. And today, I, I want to encourage you, it, you have the same power that Jesus has. Because Jesus lives inside you. You can flee from the devil. He, you don't have to be ca- held captive any longer to him. You have the power to overcome him because Jesus has already overcome him and he lives in you. So live in the freedom that Jesus has given for you, that he paid for you, and don't try to do things on your own. The third thing is, we begin to move forward with God. We begin to move towards God. James 4.8 says this, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Today you may be asking, how do I draw close to God? Well, you can draw close to God by reading your Bible. See, we believe the Bible isn't just some, some book from thousands of years ago, but we believe the Bible is inspired by God, that the people who wrote the Bible wrote it for then, but he, they were also inspired to write it for now. That it, is, that it that is still relevant today in 2021, just as relevant as it was 2,000 years ago. Another way that we can draw towards God, how we get closer to God, is by regular prayer, by spending time in God's presence. See, when we begin to spend more time in God's presence, we become, the, we become more like Him. We begin to want what He wants. We begin to see situations the way that He sees situations. We begin to see people, and we see God's love for them, and not to see the way other people see them. We see brokenness because we see people broken. We have compassion for them. We, were, we begin to move and act out the way that Jesus acted out for people. See, Jesus loved everyone, and he gave his life for everyone. So we are called to love people the way that Jesus loved them. See, if we're not loving people, we're missing a proportion of what Jesus told us to do. See, one of the greatest commandments is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and the second, just like it, is love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you're not loving your neighbor, then you're missing out on what God asked you to do. And how we begin to love people the way that he loves them is by regular prayer. A third thing that we do by drawing closer to God is going to church. Getting together in a community is so important, so vital as Christians. We need this community we need a corporate worship together because when we begin to worship as a community, our faith is list, lifted and we begin to understand that God is working on our behalf, that he is so much bigger than the problems that we face. And the fourth thing that we can do to draw closer to God is to get, in, to get involved in a life group. See, a life group is so important. 
just like coming to church and worshiping together. We need that community of, of a life group to help us, to support us. See, when we're struggling with something, when something's happening in our life, we can go to those people and they'll help lift our arms. They'll begin to pray for us. They'll begin to, to, do, to work on behind the scenes, ask God to move on your life, and they can be there to be accountability for you. See, if, you're, if you feel stuck to something, you're going to need somebody that's going to hold you accountable. You need somebody that's going to ask you the hard questions in your life, that's going to ask you if you're really living a life after God or if you're living stuck in your past identity. You need those people in your life. You need people in a life group that's going to hold you accountable. The fourth thing is we need, we need to commit to a side. James 4, 8b says this, Wash your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. If you want to change, it will take complete surrender to God and heart forgiveness. Some of you today may be saying, Luke, you've read my mail. You know exactly what I'm going through. I didn't read your mail. I, I, I haven't been spying on you. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave me the words to say for you today. And I believe today that God wants to bring a breakthrough in your life. See, you may feel stuck in guilt and shame, but God doesn't want you to stay there. God sees your guilt. He sees the roadblocks that are in front of you. And he says, I am ready to change you from the inside out. I love that he says from the inside out. Because God cares more about what's inside of you than what's outside of you. See, God wants to change you. He doesn't want you to stay where you are. There's nothing greater than God today. If you're tired of the cycle of defeat, why not make a change today? And maybe for you, that change is accepting Jesus in your life. Or maybe to get an, someone that can hold you accountable. It's going to help you get away from those old mistakes, those old life. And begin to walk in the freedom that God has for you. What are you going to do to change today? How are you going to change your life? Why not let God bring about a breakthrough in your life? I believe today is your day. I believe God wants to break those chains and bring freedom to your life. So if every head bowed and every eye closed, 